0: Maestro Rafi Mikhailian joins us today as we take a look at the music of Aram Khachadurian, 120 years after his birth. And all things spiritual, of course. This is episode number 785 of The Next Step, December 19th,
1: 2023. Hi, this is Susie from In His Shoes Ministries, welcoming you to The Next Step Podcast, with Father Vazgen, with these podcasts, Father Vazgen provides a very distinct and consistent voice for Armenian Orthodoxy. It is the means for providing people an intelligent and practical answer to life's difficulties, based on the solid principles of love, faith, and hope as expressed by our Lord Jesus Christ. We produce these shows every week for a vast audience, which includes those who are searching for practical and deeper applications of faith the disenfranchised members of the church community, and of course, the neophyte. So we invite you to sit back, turn up the volume, and get ready to take the next step.
0: Well, welcome to another next step. And here we are, just a week away from Christmas. Can you believe it? I hope you've been following along our daily podcasts about the advent 50 series that's right 50 days in preparation for not only christmas but for theophany yeah what a cool word that is huh we call it in Armenian, means the Revelation of God. January sixth, so we are on a countdown, a fifty-day countdown, and I'm doing daily podcasts. I hope you've been following along, and I hope it's been uh, it's been beneficial for you in your spiritual in your spiritual journey. Today, we're going to take a little break. We're going to do some music today. You know how much I love music. Well, something really exciting happened just a couple weeks ago. But before we go there, let me slow down a bit, okay? I know, I, I, you, you could tell I'm excited right now, right? Okay, let me slow down a bit. <laughs> Let's go to last year. Last year, we had a fantastic conductor of the St. Leon Revontian's Choir. And I was celebrating the Divine Liturgy. I'll never forget this. And I'm listening, and they are singing the Nicene Creed from the choir loft. And I noticed that there was a harmony that was kind of like an upper register harmony. And it was just so beautiful. And I'm not a musician. I don't know the technicalities. Afterwards, I went to the conductor, Rafi Mikalia, and I said, that was beautiful. What was that? And he he explained it to me in, I think, lay terms. So even I could understand it. And uh, we have just had such a beautiful friendship since then. And late last year, he got word from Armenia. They called him over to come and be the conductor of the Armenian National Opera and Ballet Theater. Can you believe that? Yes. You know that place if you've been to Yerevan, the Opera House. Yeah. So they called him. And I was so happy for him that he was recognized, a musical talent like this. He was recognized, and uh, he went over to Armenia this past summer. When we visited, we had a chance to meet up with him, to catch up, spent a little bit of time. And he was just out here uh, for the the Christmas holiday, and he performed the Chachadurian concert at the St. Leon Cathedral. Now, Kachadourian, Aram Khachadurian happens to be his, the hundred and twentieth anniversary of his birth. I'll tell you something incidental, not major, but incidental. I was there when Kachadourian passed away. I was in Armenia as a student, May. Nineteen seventy-eight. I remember it was just before I was going to head back home, and uh, they had he had passed away, and they had bought his remains, or there was something. I remember going to a a, a newly dug grave that was in Yerevan. I don't know if it was what they interred. I don't know the details of it, but I do remember as a young seminarian going to that grave, and it was very impressionable because I could remember the actual site, what it looked like. Well, it turns out that this year is the 120th anniversary of his birth at the St. Leon Revontian's Cathedral. We had a beautiful concert led by Maestro Rafi Mikhailian. He is a deacon of the church, a spiritual man, and so I said, let's grab him for an inner I know my next steppers will want to hear him, and I, I know you will after you listen to this. You're going to thank me for it. Um, yes, when I bring you people, I don't bring you just anybody. I bring you the cream of the crop, and he certainly is. I do have to say that this interview was was recorded just a couple weeks ago, immediately following the concert. I know it's not a dated issue, but I, I need to be fair about this because I got bogged down with a cold and was unable to edit this until today, so here it is. Without any further ado, an interview with Maestro Rafi Mikhailian. Well, today in the studio we have Maestro Rafi Mikhailian. And first of all, let me thank you for making the time to be with us today.
2: Thank you, Father, for having me. It's a pleasure and an honor.
0: Well, I mean, you coming from Armenia, Uh, Maestro Rafi Mikaelian, conductor of the Armenian National Opera and Ballet Theater. Located in no other place but Yerevan, Armenia. So I'm just honored that you made some time while you're here. We just enjoyed an incredible concert you put together uh, over the weekend for Aram Khachaturian music on the 120th anniversary of his birth. So we're, we're walking away from that just experiencing a re- renewal of um, of commitment to Armenian music. And let's start off with that. Tell me a little bit about what it takes to do something like that, a, a concert completely dedicated to Aram Khachadurian. I would take it that we're probably one of the few places that that's taken place. Huh? Uh,
2: well, actually, let's start with the fact that Aram Khachadurian is one of my favorite composers, and one of the composers who made me a musician because I grew up in Lebanon, and I didn't have any musical background, just few years of having piano lessons from six uh, years old until nine years old. And I had nothing to do with music after that. And when I heard the music of Aram Khachaturian over the Armenian radio when we moved to Beirut, I was blown away. And I was like, we have an Armenian composer this great, and we don't know about him. And I heard the saber dance and the waltz. And I was like, this is really great music. And I started digging and doing all the research about him. And it turns out that he, too, started music when he was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. And I was 16 at the time, so that was really a great motivation and inspiration for me that it's not that late. I'm definitely not going to be as great as Aram Khachaturian, but at least if I do 10% of what he did, it's still not late for me to start. And that's how the passion for conducting started as well, by listening to how rich, colorful, Armenian uh, kind of music, dynamic, the rhythms. Uh, there's this thing about Khachaturian that it's not just the melody. You have like two or three melodies going at the same time, and every one of them is more beautiful than the other. Uh more likely, like Gomidas also did, uh, when you look at his choir pieces, or the Badarak Shara. Uh, f- All voices are beautiful. Uh, mm-hmm. The harmony is unique and everything, and that's how uh, he became kind of my hero.
0: If we could take a moment just to talk about the uh, the nationalism, the ethnic, and I know that Khashadurian is noted on an international level, right? Uh, Many people who will listen to his music without ever once uh, reflecting that he's Armenian ethnically. They'll refer to him as the composer. Um, What makes him uniquely Armenian? Is it just his ethnicity? Is there something in the music?
2: Not at all. I think uh, he brings Armenian music to the classical scene, uh, Mm. like to the... The Western classical tradition of music, which we have of great orchestras and ballets and operas, uh, he brought the Armenian melody. Like when you listen to Khachaturian, you, you still he kind of knows how to insert some flavor, I would say, like the spices. You know, he just knows how to put a touch on the music, or use a small motif from an Armenian folk song. You know, he has written so many songs in Armenian that a lot of people think it's, uh, they don't know the name of the composer. They they think it's a folk melody, it's a folk song, but it's actually 100% composed by him, Mm. but it just Written in the style of an Armenian folk music. So that's what make him really a genius that even in the time when he was alive, a lot of people didn't know that this song was composed by him. They thought it was an old Armenian song that came to them from generation to generation. And
0: as opposed to say Gomidas who took those melodies? Exactly. Right? Yes. yes. And so how would you do that comparison with Gomidas? Um Gomidas is noted on an international level, but he's just purely Armenian music, wouldn't he?
2: Yes. Well, well Gomidas did more the work of a musicologist. So he went mm-hmm. through the villages and gather and listened to what people were singing and wrote it down. And that's why uh, we have Armenian music today. So without Gomidas, there wouldn't have been Khachaturian, obviously, because mm-hmm. we didn't know what the essence of the melodies are Got without it. Gomidas. He did kind of similar to what we call him the Bella Bartok of Armenia before Bella Bartok. He's the one who started uh, gathering all the tunes and the melodies. Uh, but he didn't compose anything major for the orchestra. Gomidas doesn't have any symphonies, doesn't have any concertos. Hmm. Uh, he has songs. He has pieces for choral pieces, magnificent choral pieces, One bea- one just more beautiful than the other. On the other hand, Khachaturian went towards the symphony and concerto and ballets, writing ballets. Unfortunately, he didn't write an opera, but he wrote three ballets.
0: Let me throw one more name out then, while we're on this, uh, Alan Hovannis. Yes. How would you classify him in this entire, sc- is he classical, is he Armenian music?
2: Or? Uh, Alan Havanis is really a very extraordinary composer, also one of the composers I discovered during my journey as a musician and fell in love with. Uh, The thing with Alan Havanis is that he's as much as he explored and he composed in the Armenian style, he also went a lot to the Far East, there's a lot of Indian influence. There's a lot of Chinese, Japanese, Korean, the, these countries that he visited and he tried to. It's probably called neoclassicism hmm. of the music of uh, Alan Havanas. A little bit avant garde, a little bit experimental, a little bit classical. Like he did a little bit of everything. Y- you cannot put uh, Alan Havanas in just like. One spot and say like he composed in this style. He has a, a variety of styles. Um, whether Khachaturian was he basically stick to to one style and composing.
0: And um, you know when when we listen to classical music, it's um, there are general. I I guess it's not themes, but manners in which you could like like. If you hear a piece by Bach, you know it's Bach, and it's not Beethoven. You know yes. it's not mm-hmm. Tchaikovsky. Um, what is it about Khachaturian that sticks out, that somebody will say, oh, that's Chachadurian?
2: The orchestration he has, it's really big and massive. And, uh, you know, it's not just, he doesn't write for Chamber orchestra, it's always right. for a large orchestra which has a lot of brass, has a lot of percussion. Um also like the the other melodic uh sequences are all like perfectly put together. It's yeah, it's difficult to hear it and not say like this is Khachatur, and he has his stamp on his I, music. I felt
0: that this Sunday when we were listening to it, it just huge. It's the, the music is inc- overwhelming it was a little bit of listening there was audio pleasure but there was also a visual pleasure yes the visual pleasure to watch those violin bows really scrape those uh, strings i mean they were hard i was waiting for some of those strings to break that's how yeah. hard they were playing it and uh, it was exciting but here what what struck me is that here we are in an armenian church you're doing this incredible concert and the musicians were from all different ethnic backgrounds, and it made me realize that you know that it it is a feeling, but Chachadurian was able to write that feeling down, right? Because these are people that are reading notation, right? Yes. So, at what point do you does that notation become yours? Like when you feel it? Uh, several years ago, we were with a musician who she sang. Surp surp as it was written, and then she sang surp surp as she felt it two different things. And um, I kind of felt that on Sunday that these were expressions that you were bringing out. It wasn't just khachadurian that was being played, it was uh, Rafi Mikhailian interprets khachadurian.
2: Well, yes, of, of course, you know, it's just like reading a book, it's uh every time you read the same book, you discover new stuff that you didn't remember that you read this line before. Uh, Every Mm. time you would understand, if you read a book now and then read it 10 years later, you probably understand it in a different way or look at it from a different perspective. So the notes are the notes, but every time you conduct or every time you try to perform, it's after all, it's feelings, it's... uh, it's not just notes, you know. The notes are just indicators for us about what we need to do, but like you I need said, to it, read in it, between the lines of those notes.
0: It was a visual experience, and that's why, you know, at some point during the concert I said, oh, I hope somebody's recording this, and I realized, no, it's not going to give you the same thing. It needed to be videographed, you know, and have the music, and you really had to be there to experience this.
2: That's yeah. the thing I love about classical music is no matter how perfectly or professionally recorded it is, uh, you're just getting like 30% of the full experience. You need to be there and be at the concert hall, feel the acoustics, feel the music flowing through you. That's the power of music yeah. can and we, the beauty.
0: Can we back up a little bit? You were inspired by Khacha Durian. Uh, do you write? Do you compose music?
2: No, I don't, but I do a lot of arrangements. So mm-hmm. there were two songs which I arranged because uh, Hachadurian has written it for piano and voice, or there was an excerpt of it in Gayane Ballet where just the music sounds and there are no words, but you know, you have to combine them together. So I kind of put that song together. I do choir arrangements where i take usually a melody by Mesrop mashtots for example i've did uh, angani marachiko i've done um, louis parats mm-hmm. and the paros choir has been performing them worldwide um, they liked it so i guess it, it worked out i just arrange whatever i feel like i love that music to be sung in a choir instead of a one voice
0: Tell us a little bit about the, the phenomena of Paros Choir. It is very phenomenal, and just if you could give some background on it.
2: Yes, so uh, last month, actually a few weeks ago before I arrived uh, to Los Angeles, we did the 30th anniversary concert of the Paros Chamber Choir, so they've been around for 30 years. They started with their um, founder and conductor is Maestro Vachakan Navasartyan, who would go to the rooms and the Red Cross Hospital and see uh, people on wheelchairs and ask them, would you like to sing, try singing this note. If they had a musical ear, he would like grab them and take them to choir, and that's how that tiny choir started at that time. It was just people with disabilities on wheelchairs. And 14 years ago in 2009, um, I was chosen to be their music director and conductor. And since on, it became more as an inclusive choir because I included as well people with uh, non-disabilities because that's what we were advocating for. Uh, in Armenia as a society that they are not secluded they're not mm. alone if the, we are saying that we have equal rights we have equal opportunities then same with the choir i think it should reflect the society we're looking to forward to the society we're looking forward to we still keep the balance so the majority are people with uh, disabilities, disabilities mm-hmm. just because so that the choir doesn't like lose its identity as yeah. uh, stuff and it's one of the only unique choirs in the world so when we go to the to competitions in europe for example we're not competing against choirs which are similar to us we are competing against like choirs which don't have any disability Mm -hmm. so that was the challenge usually to be able to perform on a good musical level regardless of disability like in sports you have the olympics and you have the paralympics right the paralympics games are something different but the choir olympic games uh, which are intended just for choir there are no paralympic games for choirs because we we are basically the only choir and we are from armenia and that's what stands out always is that those Armenians have a choir of disabled people, and they uh, win competitions.
0: <laughs> it, it is like I said, phenomenal. and it it doesn't escape us that you've done so much. I mean, you have such an incredible resume within the musical world. Do you ever find it difficult to deal with people, people like who are already? in the fabric of the music world, and to be taken seriously. Do they, is there such prejudice within the community, or are you feeling confident about
2: it? I feel sometimes, yes, I do. Uh, because we always used that the conductor should be someone who's either bald or with white hair. Yeah, you don't have a gray I, hair you know. in your head. Yeah. <laughs> and I, um, but the world today is is changing and we have a lot of young conductors now thanks to the you know advanced uh, technology and you know, the, there's more interest in conducting now among young people it, it wasn't really something very popular but I guess during the last 10 years it's became a very popular p- profession and a lot of young people really talented are mm. looking into conducting and are already so successful I guess I I was growing up in the gap, you know, when people started accepting young conductors and people between the generation which is used to having conductors who are a little bit uh, older. But definitely, it's a profession uh, when you're in a more mature um, age because you need all the experience. Like the instrumentalists have their instrument with them at home. We don't have our orchestra with us at home. There's no, like, I want to conduct this at 3 a.m. in the morning and here's the orchestra in the room, like, waiting for me. There's no such thing like that. It's not a piano or a violin. So you really need all the experience you can get whenever there's an orchestra available. You need to take advantage, uh, advantage of that.
0: We're going to take a break right now. I hope you've been enjoying today's interview with Maestro Rafi Mikhailian. We'll be back in a couple moments to continue with some more interesting questions, particularly about spirituality and a very special treat, too. We take a break every week, right at the halfway point, well, close enough to give us an opportunity to digest what's been said, kind of kick around some ideas, and to listen to some great music. Today's pick, I'm picking out a song called Anthem. It is the anthem that we will be talking about in a few minutes with Maestro. It is from the concert, from the concert itself. So we'll have uh, links on today's show notes to everything we, we, we talk about. So this is this will be one of them. Anyway, here is Anthem Aram Khachaturian. of the Armenian Soviet Socialist Republic, 1944. It was written by Aram Khachadurian. We'll be talking about it with the maestro in just a few moments, but I wanted you to hear it it's it's pretty powerful isn't it and this was part of the concert now the concert has been recorded it is available on youtube on the western diocese page i'll have a link on today's show notes so you could check out this song as well as the entire concert but i wanted you to hear it give you a little frame of reference we'll be talking about it in just a moment let's continue with our interview While we continue with the interview with Maestro Rafi Mikhaelian, the next question I asked, I was talking about love. Love, you know, as the Greeks defined it, there was eros, agape, and filial love, three different types, they said. And you know that I've always argued, like, well, you know, beautiful thing about the Armenian language is there's one word for it, said. And so today kind of a different spin. I came off asking Maestro about the music of Khachaturian, where actually those three types of love are present there. Anyway, let's listen in. Uh, the Greeks have Eros and uh, Agape and filial love and everything. And we, sub- we divide it. The other night when you were playing the Gaia Nebale, you had expressions of every type of love in there. I mean, it wasn't just. It was eros in that it was completely a physical moment at that thing. It was filial because you felt the comfort, you felt agape that it was over and above what you were. And I was trying to pinpoint like, what is that spiritual thing? And maybe I'm looking too deep into it, but I want to know what from you. What what do you see?
2: For me, conducting is a spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no doubt about that Um, it's all about feelings and it's all about uh, you know this connection that you have both with the musicians and with the music is something that you cannot describe in words and definitely you need to love it so much to be able to do it right like if you don't love it you're not going to work hard for it Mm. the reason you work hard for it is because you love it and uh, I, I don't understand musicians who would say that I don't believe in God because you can't be a musician or an artist and not believe in God because where's everything coming from? You always feel that spiritual connection uh, with God, especially when you're doing music, when you're creating the music because it's, not, it's untouchable, it's feelings, it goes through your heart. Through your soul, you can. Sometimes you do the music, everything right, but they say like, "Okay, yes, you did everything correct, but there's no soul in it." Mm -hmm. So that's like it. It definitely is a spiritual experience because you need the soul to be there, not just technique.
0: And and that's what I was alluding to earlier when we were suggesting that you could read. The music for Surp Surp and it's different when you sing it with the feeling and I Absolutely. feel that in your conducting that's very present that, that we're feeling that music
2: yes we usually say if you're going to sing the Surp Surp if you go to an Armenian monastery in Armenia and you just go inside and see and feel the spirit over there and then try singing Surp Surp there you will sing it from a in a very very different way than someone who has never been to an Armenian church for example mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and just has the notation in front yes. of it yes
2: yeah. yes they still can do it they s- still can do it very nicely very professionally but you know the essence is not there get you know, an the a interpretation in, in, in music yes yes I, but for I the feeling um, yeah. or interpretation yeah. you, need, you, you need to be there to feel it like it, you cannot Explain it. You need to be there.
0: What is it about Armenian music for you that uh, that brings out that spiritual uh, that, that that spiritual oneness with something greater than yourself? Uh, what is there a, a something about Armenian music in general?
2: For me, I don't know. Is it just because I'm Armenian? But it's the most beautiful music uh, mm. ever because it's so touching. It's so It's so much contrast in Armenian music, same as everything Armenian is, whether it's the country or the people, (laughs) there's a lot of contrast in us, Uh, same as uh, the music. The music could be so soft and beautiful and it can be so rhythmic and so, you know, maybe sometimes extravagant or like, uh, how do you call it, like. Vigorous, maybe. Yeah,
0: yeah. If I were to ask, if you were to present this to a non-Armenian audience, how do you present it? I mean, because what we talked about earlier, you, you don't have that experience of being in a monastery. Most people that are going to listen to this music will not have the opportunity to feel that earth and soil. And I think about this all the time when we hear it on... Public radio, you turn on, for instance, here, KUSC, and a Khachadurian piece comes out. And I'm wondering, do people react to it the same way I react to it? Yeah, so wh- how would you share that with a non-Armenian audience?
2: I have that question a lot as, as well every time I hear it. It's like, is it just beautiful to me because exactly. I'm Ar- yeah, Ar- Armenian, yeah. or is it just beautiful to all humankind? Because <laughs> <Exactly, laughs> it's exactly. for humanity. It's He created a quality of music that is just for all humanity I believe um, it doesn't need to be just for Armenians you know it's it's like world heritage uh, his music is beyond ethnicity although it sounds so much Armenian like yeah. even in Spartacus there's a part where he uses Kochari for example yeah, yeah. and you can if you're Armenian you know that but if you're not an Armenian it, it still gives you this sense of like this music comes from at least 2,000 years ago because especially Spartacus takes place during the Roman Empire, which is at least like 2,000 years ago. So he knows how to capture the essence. Um, Coming to your question, I believe that as a musician, like for me, that I've been in in a monastery, I've been to Armenia, I felt that it's my job to transmit that feeling to the audience, to bring them to experience what i've experienced and mm-hmm. that's the most difficult task uh, for anyone whether you're a musician or a painter is to let people see through your eyes through what you've seen and what you've felt and if you succeed then you're a, you're a very good musician and if not then you should tr- you should try harder next time <laughs>
0: With that, with the uh, Spartacus, Roman Empire, let's go to the Soviet Union. The other day, you uh, shared with the audience a brief, very, very brief um, introduction to a piece that you was the finale of the concert anthem. Can you It, it was very interesting to me. So can you give us some background to that piece?
2: Regarding the anthem, I too as well was not familiar with that anthem when I grew up because we all knew it was Medhairenik when I grew up. And just uh, making doing research about Khachaturian I came across the anthem and it just blew my mind away, especially when you compare it to the current anthem that we have today, which has no Armenian melody, no Armenian motifs. It doesn't even, as a structure musically, fit to be an anthem. We always think of anthems as the music going, rising up and not going down as Mm. our current anthem is. And the genius of Khachaturian with the anthem is, is that it starts with the exact same motifs of our sharagan, Christosimich, and it's exactly in the same tonality, F major, which uh, Yagmalian Badarax is, has uh, Christosimich in F major. Uh, that's how it starts, and then he takes you to a middle section where you have six trumpets in the orchestra, three trumpets playing in the orchestra with everybody else, and three uh, three trumpets playing fanfares. And that blew my mind. I was like, I've never heard an anthem like that. Mm. And then in the very end, you hear the motifs of the very known patriotic song, Zeytun Siner, the last three notes, right. when it says, like it ends exactly the same. So I was like, this is a great combination of our Christian faith. Because when you talk about Armenia, the first thing you usually mention is we're the first Christian nation. Mm-hmm. And so he has that in the beginning. And our constant struggle for freedom is also in the end, so it combines both our Christian faith and our struggle for freedom. It's put together perfectly, and uh, I don't know how he got away with it, especially in 1944, where Stalin was still alive. I'm thinking, like, was everybody busy with World War II, and nobody really cared or noticed so what happened
0: in 1944 the Armenian Republic the Soviet Armenian Republic yes. adopted this
2: as a yes anthem yes in 1944 and there were if you go through wikipedia it gives you that there are like the version there was a version which was during Stalin's era and after the death of Stalin they changed the words again and what now word? the, the, the words, there was more about stuff that like Stalin did, hmm. like glorifying Stalin, which I they see. removed later after Stalin's death when they everybody was able to say that he was a tyrant hmm. and a dictator and not really uh, as they portrayed him. And there's a lot about Lenin in there. So the reason we don't perform it is because of three words because this, there's this, the word uh, Soviet, Lenin and October uh, referring to the October revolution Revolution. but uh, we changed these three words during our performance uh, on Sunday so instead of Lenin we said God instead of uh, Soviet we said eternal and instead of October we said our faith because the phrase goes October that saved us Uh, Mm. From you know the October that right. saved oh. us from uh, going astray, it's our faith that saved us from going astray. Beautiful, wow! So it totally fits, and all we had to do is change three words. You, uh, three words. You don't need to change the entire text uh, because the text is really, really written in a way that it reflects the Armenian people. It says we're Armenians are hardworking. Are talented, you know all, all the good virtues of the Armenian people are listed in those in this anthem. So it's very unfortunate that we don't have it uh, now as our anthem, and it's really important that we start singing it because, as I said, it's hopefully it will become the anthem of a new Armenia, which I should have said victorious armenia because during the last two three years have very have been very difficult for us as a nation Um, i don't think the feeling of defeat we have and the feeling of humiliation we have in armenia um, this is the anthem of a victorious nation Mm. like you hear it and you cannot be someone who's like, okay with defeat. You, you hear this anthem and you're just victorious right away. You have that spirit of fighting until the end and resistance and not accepting defeat.
0: You had us all rise that day, and I'm glad you did, because we would have just jumped up afterwards.
2: <laughs> that was the most beautiful moment when I just thought, uh, when I felt the audience rising behind yeah, me, yeah. I was like, the, I, 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 I love them.
0: <laughs> I think there was many people who were waiting for Midheiden to come up, and then, you know, you, you you played this beautiful piece. And I'm really, now that you've given this explanation, I'm looking forward to going and digging deeper into it and everything. Um how about you? How about you? What do you listen to? If you're not conducting, what do you listen to?
2: Like what makes you classical music?
0: Uh, just in general. Yeah, yeah, let's go that way. No. Besides ca- <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well, obviously, I love listening to classical music. Um, besides Khachaturian being my favorite conduct, uh, composer, I also love the music of Beethoven and the symphonies of Bruckner. So I would say they are my favorite composers. Uh, I listened a lot to spiritual music, mm-hmm. especially Armenian, Greek, and Russian um, Orthodox music. To put, but sometimes also like Gregorian chants as mm-hmm. well. Uh, it's it's different and it's similar at the same time. I guess you know they have sometimes they use the Byzantine modes and stuff uh and also surprisingly as i said uh, we're a people of contrast um uh, i enjoy listening to like heavy metal and rock music
0: so you do okay yeah my, my
2: favorite band has always been like pink floyd i went to pink floyd concert in beirut when oh, yeah. i was 16 we had like brian adams comes so i went so like acdc um System of a Down was really a hit when we were in high school. Oh, yeah. Especially when we were like, oh, there are Armenians. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> it's interesting how that Armenian card always uh, plays its hand.
2: And... Yes. And I was blown away with uh, Metallica had an album with Metallica and Symphony, the San Francisco Symphony. So that blew my mind because it was a combination of two kinds of music that I loved, both classical and uh, rock, so... Metallica and Symphony album was really significant during so my in, time in, in high school. So, in between
0: performances, we, you will listen to yes, some metal time. Okay, I'm just uh, thankful that you didn't, uh, f- you know, give me the what was the name of that? It's not Miley Cyrus, the other one that uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, oh they, no, that became um, <laughs> Spotify's. Uh, uh, performer of the year or something like that whatever it was no. but thank you thank you for <laughs> I, can, I can now air this i want to just let all of our listeners know that we'll have some show notes and do check them out we'll put some links to to maestro and uh, his work and you uh, can look into some of his background i want to give you an opportunity is there anything that um really is on your mind right now you're you're Halfway, I I should tell our listeners too was last year we had such a beautiful relationship because he was conducting here at the uh, Saint Leon Cathedral and he was ordained a deacon as well and we'd see him quite often and all of a sudden he got this offer from well I shouldn't say all of a sudden I'm sure people knew what was going on he got an offer from Armenia from the Armenian National Opera and Ballet theater and he took off and so we had a good chance to meet with you this past summer see you there Uh, but what do you have in the horizon what do you what are you seeing what are you doing
2: well the horizon is uh, unclear yet unfortunately but uh, hopefully i still continue my work at the opera house in armenia and also i love to keep my connection with my home in LA the Saint Leon Cathedral mm-hmm. which has been my home for 3 years I'm um, very very fortunate that we have archbishop Hovnan Derderian, mm-hmm. who really appreciates art musicians he does great yeah. music also you know father Khajak has always been supporter for the music i would tell him like i'm going to include these instruments and so what do you think like i always talk to him about that uh father Manuk has always been a supporter as well i really uh, enjoy being always in contact with uh, archbishop father khashrag and father Manuk, and of course with father vasken it has always been uh, the
0: pleasure has been, been great. Awesome.
2: Especially, you've been accompanying us through like the journey from the very beginning, from the very first day that Voce del Orchestra started performing at the cathedral. You've been with us, and it's always been a pleasure to prepare the program with you, talk with to you about the program and. The, and you you were always amazing with uh, uh, introducing the music to the audience. Um, it was I a, never forget that. <laughs>
0: it's been a pleasure, and uh, look forward to a lot of new things and big achievements coming from you. I think that you're sort of like uh, without boundaries at this point because you you just make music come alive. You make music uh, in a in a way that. Like I said earlier, it's not just an audio experience. It's an experience that captivates all your senses and you're thrown into it. So I want to wish you all the best. Thank you for joining us. God's blessings on you and your family. And uh, whatever you you do, please stay in touch with us.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today.
0: Thank you. Well, there you have it. There's our interview with maestro Rafi Khachadurian. We'll have links to everything on the show notes. Make sure you do check them out. And now that the piano player has entered the studio, let's take a break with this message from Susie.
1: getting back to the next step with father vasgan i'd like to take this opportunity to remind you that this ministry is supported through the heartfelt donations of listeners like you thanks for keeping us in your prayers and partnering with this expanding and dynamic outreach the next step is entering homes and communities with a solid message proclaiming god's message of love forgiveness and compassion we look forward to your comments and words of encouragement Please consider partnering in this dynamic ministry by making a contribution. By pressing on the donate button on our website, you can set up automatic donations either weekly, monthly, or annually. Your donation goes a long way in furthering this ministry. Even more, tell your friends and family by sharing the Next Step link or website with them. We're on iTunes and Blueberry as well as Facebook and Twitter. We are excited about this ministry and invite you to share in our enthusiasm. This is Susie wishing you all of God's blessings in your life. We now return to The Next Step with Father Vosgen.
0: Thank you, Susie, for that announcement. And thank you, all of you, for all the support, all the love, all of the messages that you send our way. Really, really do appreciate them. If I don't get back to you quickly... Hang on, I will get back to you, I promise. But thank you very much. Appreciate all the kind gestures that you send our way. Listen, we have a great announcement. This week, we entered the metaverse legitimately. We've been messing around with it, but we came out full force on the metaverse on December 10th when we inaugurated our first space. And this is the first Armenian church space in the metaverse. And it was uh, the uh, the children's memorial dedicated to Katya Hamparian. We started in 1997, and we've been continuing all the way through. Now as part of the In His Shoes ministry. And uh, it was just incredible the amount of people that were joining. We had over 200 people that joined in the metaverse. And... You know, this is the first time that the Armenian Church is doing something like this. We are actually pushing the boundaries. And so now people from throughout the world, not just Armenians, throughout the world are plugging in what the Armenian church has to say and has to offer. This is a fantastic uh, opportunity for us. It's a turning point in the life of our church and certainly in our ministry. I'm very proud of it, very excited about it, and do want to invite you there. If you weren't there, if you haven't had a chance to see it, go to epostle.net slash metaverse, and you'll find some links also of upcoming metaverse spaces that we'll be offering Uh, There's going to be more written about it. Actually, I think if you go on the website, by the time this podcast comes out, there should be some stuff, uh, follow up that's written about it. Things are just moving a little bit too fast, so I can't keep up with them. But we do have our daily podcasts. You could check those out on any of your podcatchers, whether it's Spotify or Pandora. We're there. okay? and look for Armadoxy for today. The easiest way is just go to epostle.net. Easy to remember. It's Apostle with an E. Apostolic evangelism for an electronic universe. And epostle.net, under the tabs that says Media, Archives, you'll find Armadoxy for today. Those are the daily shows. And we are in the middle of, literally in the middle, because we just, I think a couple days ago, we, we hit the 26th spot. So, it's a 50 day program of Advent, and uh, we hit the middle spot. And I, I'm so proud of this work. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, you know what? Each one is about three or four minutes. Just sit down and binge on it. I mean, binge on it. Just download it all and just listen to it. And uh, make sure you tell your friends. Tell, tell friends and relatives. A lot of times people complain Where's the army in charge? What is the army in charge doing? I'm gonna take a chill pill, man. We're doing it. Come and listen to it. Okay? It's available. And it's free of charge. Look at that. Anyway, that about does it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed producing it for you. Again, I want to remind you to check out the show notes while you'll find links to the things that we talked about. I want to thank especially Maestro Rafi and He is just such an exceptional person who has not only talent but has a love love for god love for the music and the ability to articulate that music in such a powerful manner one of the links that i'll have on there will be a link to the entire concert take some time it's it's about an hour long watch the entire concert the louder you could put it on the better it will be Okay, that does it for today's show. On behalf of my producer, Susie, and myself, this is Father Voskin, inviting you to join us again next time when we will take the next step. Stand by for disclaimer. And
1: now here's the fine print. The information and comments presented within this podcast and our website do not necessarily represent the views of the Armenian Church hierarchy, but are presented as a challenge to define the dynamics of Armenian Orthodoxy in all aspects of life. Listening to these shows is habit-forming. Addictive behavior associated with the next step is rarely if ever remedied. Rather, the next step is known to relieve and cure common cases of narrow-mindedness, prejudice, numbskulledness, and glaucoma in patients over the age of 20. Results may vary depending on credit rating. Findings are based on double-blind studies conducted in Istanbul and Jerusalem. Side effects include mind expansion, clarity of focus, higher rates of heart palpitations, sensitivity to the pain of others, and occasional nausea. Demandment and projection crew for take full responsibility for changes you will experience. Not valid with any other offer.
2: Anything else? Jesus
1: is the reason of the season.
2: Yeah, Jesus is the reason of the season.
1: Yeah.
2: That's a good. That's a good quote.